0: to do let's get into the show.
2: Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, I tried to figure out the secret to what is freedom and found that it's encompassed by time, financial, location, health, freedom. And I've been on a mission to interview people on the margins, doing things on the cutting edge and making an impact outside of the traditional world. So today I have Jessica Connolly, and she's a coach speaker. She's the creatives, apprentice, founder, and she's a writer. So I bring her because I'm always trying to introduce the audience to creatives and what's possible. So I'm happy to welcome Jessica to the show. Welcome.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to see how I can help your audience. That's
2: interesting because, you know, uh, you, you, you asked earlier how, you know, resonates with the audience. So tell people your backstory, your origin story, and we'll go from there.
1: Uh, My origin story, I was a kid who loved to read. I did write some bad poetry in fourth grade, but I never pursued it. I ended up working corporate from the time I was 15 until I was 35. And I had I'll just say an emotional freakout slash breakdown where I knew that corporate wasn't right for me and it was time for me to just switch gears. And mm-hmm. when I was 30, I went to a career counselor and took some tests at a research institute, which is how I got into writing. And then over time, my career evolved where I left corporate. I took on some editing work, which was great for me, but I realized people needed coaching actually, as opposed to just editing about how to work better. And my real goal is to simplify business for creative minds and empower people so they can be happy as they live their dreams.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. And, um, you know, uh, it's quite like, especially, I think 2008 was kind of people still, and then like 2020, that was like people's wake up call, just like, what's going on with this world? You know, there's like, we got the, so um, and I love how you found your passion. I'm a bibliophile myself. I, I love, you know, I've loved the written word and media. And so tell us more about just uh, how did you find the bravery to pursue your creative dreams?
1: I don't feel like it was bravery. I felt like it was self-preservation and mm. an act of, If I stayed where I was, in in writing, we talk about stasis equals death for a character. So if you stop growing or you stop moving the character, the story dies. Well, I felt that very much when I turned 35, and I knew that if I stayed in the position I was in, I would lose something that was irrevocably me. And I left and I had been planning to leave for five years, but I certainly didn't know I was going to pull the plug that day. I was like, okay, this is happening. It wasn't a matter of finding bravery. It was really a matter of I have to do what's best for my mental health. And then what I have found since then, creative outlets are a great source of mental health work for almost every creative. I know it's where we process things. It's where we deal with things. And our creative work is also where we actually learn how to be brave. And we practice being brave because Mm. as we're brave in our creative work, Um, it's like a safe container to practice experimentation and trying on new rules and everything. Uh But then when it kind of bleeds over into your real life, you're like, wait a second, I was brave over here at my work. And now I'm going to be brave with this, you know, relationship or this decision or buying a house or whatever it it may be.
2: Yeah. I've talked to a lot of people, you know, my, my, my breaking was 2008 when they bailed out all the banks and I just, couldn't stand it so i just turned in my keys and you know went on my own and then um you know a lot of people i talked to over the years they especially artists like even doctors that are writers and artists and it's um it's quite interesting they're so much happier even like even if they don't get paid for it um yeah. so why do you think people can financially make a living by creating and and then the, like the naysayers say oh you're gonna you know this this concept of the starving artist or they say it's impossible um how do you reconcile that
1: i am so glad you brought that up i it is like my mission in life to obliterate the myth of the starving artist and i think that in america specifically we are conditioned to from a very young age and told that there's no way you can create a living or you know support yourself financially through your art. But really what the situation is, is we are not educated or empowered around money. We d- are not inherently taught to value our worth and what mm-hmm. the creativity brings to people. And therefore, we're willing to give our work away for free or we're willing to give our time away for free or we're willing not to charge the prices that we actually should. And so a A lot of what I do at The Creative's Apprentice is ultimately about getting people to the point where they can pay their bills through their art. But initially, it's always about unlearning all of those culturally ingrained mindset beliefs around the starving artist. You're never going to make it if you do it. You know, all of those things that we hear over and over and over, and I call them the external dream assassins. Uh And so I, I help people with their internal dream assassins, which is that mind chatter that we've internalized. But then externally, it's also identified like, oh, my grandma who was raised in the depression, who doesn't understand what Instagram is or how you can get followers to pay you. It's she's a dream assassin, even though she's coming from a place of love, like she just wants me to be safe. And so learning to identify the people to have those conversations with, and then the people who you actually just show them when it's done. And you're like, look, I did this. And they're like, oh, that's great. And you're like, by the way, I got paid too. And then they start to change their paradigm.
2: Yeah it's funny because uh i you know i talk to my my parent my you know elders and they're like and they're like "Oh, are you gonna are you gonna have enough social security <laughs> i'm just like social security is gonna be nothing you know exactly so I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like or they're like are you gonna have a pension i'm like you know pensions are this that's like a thing of the past it's, it's but it's it's interesting so um this uh oh this so this idea of energy and you you followed your energy as a way to guide your career um yeah i'm i'm really like that's that's fascinating to me expand on that
1: i also love that you asked this. i never going to talk about this stuff so this is fantastic anybody who does create or even anyone who's done a project you know when you are creating something, you can sit down like to write. And when it goes well, when you get up from that project, you actually have more energy. You don't Mm -hmm. feel drained. You don't feel exhausted. You're like, yeah, that was a really good writing session. I'm going to go in and I'm going to like do the dishes or, you know, something that you've been putting off and didn't want to do. And so I look at work as either energy giving, energy neutral, or energy draining work. And Uh my goal is to work as much as I can in those energy giving spaces, which for me are like creative work. And then also my coaching brings me energy or to work in energy neutral situations, which for me is actually like doing my books. I don't mind doing that. I find it kind of relaxing Uh and then outsourcing or getting rid of anything that is energy draining. And so how I initially got the idea for the creatives apprentice is that I'd written an article and I knew it was good, but I didn't know where to send it. And I just felt this little like intuitive hit where it was half terror and half like, holy crap, yes. And it was to send it to Jane Friedman, who's a very um, well-respected person in the writing industry. Uh And at that point in time, I was like, that is so out of my league. Like, why would she take my stuff? You know, if I would have listened to myself. I would have talked myself out of it, but I'd had this little burst of energy along with the idea. And I was like, I'm just going to do this before this wears off and I have a chance to think about it. And so I sent it to her and then she writes back real quickly and accepts it. And I was like, oh my gosh, what happened here? And so what I started doing was I started looking for ideas or um, workflow, that type of thing where I could pick up on those little energy hits. And I was like, oh, that's my intuition guiding me. Like follow the positive energy, follow the things that give me energy. And so what I found is if I look and really, really pay attention to how I feel when an idea comes to me, Uh if I feel like, oh, this feels like an obligation, it feels heavy, I have to pull it along with me. I'm Uh like, that's the wrong project for me. That's not the right place for me to invest. Uh But if there's that equal parts of like, terror and excitement that I'm like, oh, this is pushing me out of my comfort zone and it's going to force me to grow, which is scary, but there's something really exciting about that unknown place. And that's where I like to push my creative work and then also my business work as well.
2: That's interesting. And how do you, how do you tap your, how do you help your clients tap into their intuition? So they're living authentic to their creative vision.
1: I actually think I have it really easy because they are creatives. And so they understand it through the lens of their creative work. So like I'm working with a musician right now and he really wants to master a super hard Bach um, guitar piece, right? Like the hardest thing that's ever happened, but like he knows that energy of when things are going well in that piece and like when practice is coming on and when you're just on in tune with it and everything. And so I can say, okay, you know that feeling when you're practicing and the and it's you it's just clicking on all cylinders. And I can it doesn't matter which medium I'm coaching in, if it's art or if it's music or if it's writing, it doesn't matter. Every creative understands that moment of, oh my gosh, I got an idea for a new song, or oh my gosh, this like I just nailed that piece or something. And so I have them think of that moment that they've already experienced through their creativity. And I say, okay, that doesn't just happen in our creativity. That happens in our entire lives. And so what I do is um, I put them through a program called Positive Intelligence, which is um, Shirzad Shamim. It's it's a mental wellness program, basically. Uh And what it does is it breaks down really small PQ reps, which are just small two-minute moments of mindfulness, and it gets them to interrupt thought patterns and flows and really um, gets them to just pause for a moment so that they can recognize those flashes when they come up outside of their creative work.
2: Oh, that's so fascinating because what you, you know, what you described, you know, I I never I couldn't put it into words, but you know, what you're describing is the whole creative process and um, these flashes, these inspiration um but it's good that you're able to cuz um, you know, these um so you know, a lot of the audience, they they're not creative, or or actually they could be creative, but they're you know kind of stuck in these um, stif you know stifling environment. Are they easier to tap into their energies, their intuition, or is it harder? Is it like creatives is it easier? You know, how does this relate to introversion, extroversion? How do you reconcile all of that?
1: First of all, I think everyone is inherently creative. I think we just have environments that may or may not be conducive to creativity. And in my experience, the corporate environments I were in were not conducive to creativity because they wanted everything to follow a very strict procedure and and guideline and everything to be the same. And so there's probably somewhere in a person's life where they have either been creative in the past or they're creative outside of a stifling environment. It's the place that they'll go to let off steam. It's the place that they could like talk about it for 45 minutes straight without breathing and just be like, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited. And that's where I start to tap into people who don't consider themselves creative because I know inherently everyone is creative. And so it's about getting them to find something that just they could talk about. They're so excited and giddy about uh-huh. that's the type of place where you start digging a little bit deeper and get more curious about it with people who, who do not identify as creatives yet.
2: Yeah. It's fascinating. Cause when I worked in corporate in 2007, 2008, it was like, but then, you know, I, I, I tuned that, Energy or that intuition out, and it would just—it mm-hmm. kept getting louder and louder and louder. It, you know, it just so um, you know, it's interesting. And then you—you you say your superpower is simplifying and demystifying business for creative minds. Can you? I know you touched upon it. Can you give us an example of how it works and how they can operate from a place of happiness and organic flow?
1: Yeah. So again. In the creative world, we are taught um, the starving artist, which means that we are taught to um, relegate a lot of responsibility about, be it through to an agent or, you know, our finances. A lot of creatives are like, I don't want anything to do with the money. I just want to create. I just want to, you know, whatever. And I think that stems from the fact that we're not educated about how to deal with money or run a business. And therefore, we think that it's going to be harder than it is. And it's a whole different skill set and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I break down scary words <laughs> into just simple things. So like, for example, I had a client, she was worried about contracts. And my biggest thing is your job is to read your contract and understand it and to ask questions of the person who wants you to sign it until you understand it and when I explained, all a contract is, is one person saying, this is what I'm going to do and in an exchange, you're going to do this. And then if things go awry in between, this is what happens in the breakdown. And I I explained that to her and I just saw this relief come over her and she's like, oh, okay. So it's, I was like, just because it's typed out on in triplicate doesn't make it any fancier. I'm like, you can always cross it out. You can always sign in initial things you don't agree with. And, and there's something about taking the scary out of it where she was like, well, I can totally do that. And I was like, yeah, you t- can totally do that. And so as you just... Peel back the layers of what running a business is. People just feel relief that, like, oh, it's it's not as scary. I mean, if you're running your life, then you can run a business. And and explaining that a creative business does not have to look like any other business you've seen before. You can create your business just as exquisitely as you create your artwork or your music or whatever, and you create the life that you want. So, putting it in those terms just really seems to that's the de-scaring part. And then the empowering part is where I show them resources where they can go and, and, you know, look for things that I've tried myself and breaking things down into simple, manageable bits. Um, Just the tiniest steps. There's a a book um, by B.J. Fogg called Tiny Habits. And that's a really good cornerstone book for me to start with, with people who are overwhelmed. It's just breaking down to the tiniest habit of, okay, today all we're going to do is look at Where's your money at? Like, what's your bank called? Where is it? You know we're just starting really small.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love this. And um so this has been a great discussion. Um, I know a lot of the audience out there is interested in uh, talking to you, reaching out to you. You touched on a lot of things that resonated um, and how can they reach out to you?
1: Sure. Uh, the best place to find me is on my website, which is Jessica. And I spell my name a little odd, so I'll spell it for you. It's J-E. And if you head over to the coaching page and scroll down to the bottom, you can actually book a free one-hour coaching session with me. And I know I specifically gear my work towards creatives, but I actually have a lot of experience um, in corporate burnout because I've been there <laughs> and in career transition, as well as caring for ailing and dying parents. So um, if you are just looking for someone to explore with, just do a free session. It's fun. It's an hour of your life. Um, Everybody seems to enjoy it. And um, please go ahead and take advantage of that because I'd love to talk to you.
2: And for all the audience out there, uh, let's thank Jessica for coming out to the show, sharing her experiences, talking about energy, intuition, and using your creative juice and to create the life that you want and be sure to reach out to her on social media and all of her resources will be in links in show notes and with that thanks so much for coming on to the show
1: thanks for having me i really appreciate it
0: i hope you really enjoyed that wonderful inspirational motivational piece again if you wherever you are listening if you liked it be sure to like comment Share, subscribe. We're on everywhere. Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. And without much ado, be sure to thank
2: this show's sponsors. And we'll see you next week.